0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblower's Daily Podcast.
2: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to our second Spurs show of the week. Theo Delaney here in North London. Uh, This is our special preview show for the Wolverhampton Wanderers game. It's the early kickoff on Saturday. Um, We're coming off the back, of course, of that glorious point at Stamford Bridge. Joining me again, thank you so much for coming back, gentlemen. Dominic Powell, Carl Jones and Simon Dent, appreciate you joining me again uh, for this. Wolverhampton Wanderers, I mean... (sighs) There's one of those teams that kind of you don't know what to expect from them they, they they could be the very definition of mid-table mediocrity or is that unkind what do you think Cole? Um, I don't think it's too unkind they have been a banana skin for
1: us in the past and I think mm. it's going to be one of those games where you know they they're always a well-organized side they've got that kind of a, a nice mix of um, a bit of grit and a bit of flair you know they, they've they got players who can pop one in from 30 yards they're always pretty good on set pieces it's just one of those ones where uh, it's definitely going to be a test I think they're going to give us a, a bigger test than Southampton did in the in the opener um but you know i think that it's definitely the kind of game that hope to Wolverhampton we we need to be we need to be getting three points from and finding a way to win and i think we've definitely got the the better starting 11 and uh we I, we should we should be beating them there's there's no two ways about it i don't i, I don't think that they are going to be uh, a side that are Going to be doing any better than than sort of challenging the you know the the lower reaches of the bottom half of the uh, sorry the low reaches of the top half of the table um, at, at best and 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 kind of their start suggests that you know there's not much more to come from them than that yeah
2: well I I, I mean last season of course they were part of those that that terrible two game run at home where we looked like we were cruising into a really good run of form and then we lost of course to them and Southampton I think in consecutive home games if I <laughs> if I remember rightly. There was also, what sticks in my mind, is a game a few years ago now. I think it was the year we got to the uh, Champions League final, actually, where we were going well at Christmas, very well. We were up there with City and Liverpool. And just after Christmas, we were at Wembley. And uh, they they came and we were cruising at half-time. I think we were winning 1-0. And they came and they won the game comfortably in the second half. And it came completely out of the blue. So, yeah, I mean, does that worry you, that history, Dominic? Yeah, I
3: remember that game. They scored three goals in quite yeah. quick succession, and, and we yeah. were absolutely on the ropes. And yeah. um, I, 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 you almost couldn't see where it had come from. I think that, that they they were a better, certainly a better prospect back then. Kind of poor form, including the end of last season, where I think they were coasting in, in mid-table. Really, no, no uh, fear of them going down. But they've only they've only. I don't think they've won in their last nine games in in the really? Prem. Yeah, right. and and they've they've only had three draws out of those nine. One of which was home to Fulham uh, on Saturday, and also they've lost Connor Cody, who was a big player for them. He's gone on loan to Everton, hasn't he? Yeah, that was a weird one because he's
2: been almost their outstanding player. I would have thought in recent years he was. He seemed to be the. I don't know if he was their captain. I think he was. He was certainly the. Seemed to be their spiritual leader. He was a regular in the England squad, yeah. and the manager who speaks incredibly highly of him as well, Bruno Large, has changed the system. He's gone to a back four. Remember the last time that happened? It was Nuno. He changed him to a back four and it all fell apart. He's yeah. changed into to a back four. And as a result, Cody's lost his place and he sent him off to Everton, which is uh, seems a bit harsh and an odd thing to do. Simon, do you think
0: this is a good time to be playing them? Uh, it's funny. I mean, we, we've just highlighted a couple of games where they had the better of us and actually I remember Molyneux last season even though we won they absolutely battered us I can't believe we got away with the victory that day that was just probably the biggest yeah smashing grab ever so I think this the, the, the recent history isn't fantastic as everyone said about yesterday it's a real test of how far we've come in 12 months and it's sort of it's one of them isn't it where these are the games that over the last two or three years we've slipped up on so yeah, going back to what I said right at the start, if we're finishing in the top four and want to win silverware, we've got to win these games. And it's, it's yeah, I, we've definitely got a better starting level. We've definitely got a better squad. It's just getting over the line against the likes of Villa, Southampton, Wolves, those sort of teams that, for whatever reason, we, we, we've sort of struggled with in recent history.
2: I mean, you'd like to think that someone like uh, Conte simply won't tolerate... Uh, any kind of mental weak, the mental sort of complacency, our team going out against a team that we should beat, and and that being, you know, that that causing a problem with our approach, and yet that is what happened last season.
0: Yeah. Um Just on that point about like, breaking these these sort of teams down, we're sort of bracketing your Southampton's and then yeah. these sort of teams together. It's that again, that Ericsson player, that sort mm. of player that sort of you know, unlocks the sort of the killer ball. We still don't have that. And mm. even yesterday, I think that that chance when, sorry, not yesterday, earlier in the week, when Kane went through on goal, was at Hoiberg that put him through. And I think that's the sort of, if we are still relying on Hoiberg for creative sort of passing, it, it, it's a bit of a worry. So, yeah, it's it, it, it's interesting to see where that sort of creativity in the midfield will come from.
2: Yeah, I mean, what's interesting about that is that that is something I mean, we talked on the last show about is there an obvious vacancy in the squad? Yeah. Uh, and, but, and that is something that comes up a lot that that where's the lock picker? Even mm. if you don't start with the lock picker, what happens if you're trying to break down a, a team with the old what they now call the low block Um if you haven't got a lock picker, what you're going to do? If you, you you know you might have speedy wing backs, you might have good finishers, but if you can't make a chance and you can't get in, and it's interesting that they didn't go for Ericsson. they could have they presumably had a chance to get Ericsson because that's exactly what he is, uh, and by all accounts didn't didn't even go for him. The, I wonder if if you look at Conte, one straight not strange, but the interesting thing about Conte is he has one way of playing, and that's it. It, it you know in terms of his formation and his general strategy. Having said that, the players say that he spends a lot of time looking at opposition he has very special measures for each separate opposition team that comes in. But he has a very definite way of playing and of setting it up. And there doesn't seem to be a place in that shape for for a lockpicker, does there? Because you've got to have... You've got the speedy uh, wing backs, and then in the actual middle of the part, you've got two players who've got to be really industrious and do a lot of work, a lot of pressing, a lot of ball winning. Um, And they don't tend to be lock pickers, obviously. And then you've got three and that allows you to have three dangerous forwards. But, so I don't know. I don't know where he accommodated Ericsson when he had him at Inter because for a short while, to begin with, it didn't go very well between him and Ericsson. I know we're not going to get Ericsson now, although I bet he'd bloody, I bet he'd play, pay his own cab fare, to, cab fare to come to come to Tottenham
3: at the moment. But although they seem to be trying to. Uh... To, to play him as a defensive midfielder in in his final... Well, they years. don't seem to know what he is, no. because the
2: first yeah. game they played him as a, what they call a false nine. I love all yeah. this new terminology, you know. So he's this, essentially the centre-forward, yeah. Now, then he was a deep-lying, uh, ball-winning playmaker, I don't know. But one thing's for sure, it didn't work either time, though we no. do know that. But if you get a player like that, people have talked about Madison, for example. Madison's very much in that of that ilk. Where would... Do you think, Simon... A, we should try and get someone like that, and, and B, there is a place where you could stick someone like that in to start. I mean, I think you know, if you're gonna, if you if you're looking at the last 15 minutes of a game, you just throw caution to the wind, don't you?
0: Yeah, I think I, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because it's these games: your Southampton's, your Wolves, your Villas. Your, the games that are always tight, and they just chuck everyone behind the ball. I think we just got to wait and see what happens in in you know the Wol- the, the Wolves game coming up. We've obviously got. Fulham game on the horizon there's a few of those coming up and we've got to see how we do approach it but I like to think we've got a bit more firepower off the bench and a few more options but certainly more options than last season but I'm not convinced you can pick those sort of players up on the cheap <laughs> I think they're the, they are the the luxury item these days aren't they and, and yeah you mentioned Madison I, I, I can't really think of many others to be honest that would be available
2: yeah, I mean, he does seem to be available. He keeps being touted around, don't they? I think Newcastle have flirted with the idea. They presumably could have. They just, if they're going to sell him, they're going to want a lot of money for him, aren't they? are going to want to, for at least 50 oh, million. They turned couldn't. down 40 million pounds, didn't they? They turned down that. Yeah, I think they want 50. Yeah. And fifty's a lot, isn't it? But he, he is a special player and he's very much of that ilk. And as you say, there aren't many of them around. Yeah. I mean, uh, Villa pushed the boat out to get Coutinho in, didn't they? And whether he's actually cause you look at them and you think as he caused more problems than he's solved really because you've got to accommodate a player like that who's actually maybe not going to do the kind of graph i think that's why conti doesn't tend to have players like that because he, they're not necessarily going to put the shift in that you want them to i mean certainly coutinho madison i think is slightly unreliable in that respect
0: mm. uh
2: look at Grealish. Grealish hasn't settled is has he uh, uh at city i mean you know, it, it, it's interesting. It'd be nice if you had one coming through, someone you could just throw in without having to spend fifty million quid. There's usually a f- few of those coming through the youth, and they go by the wayside before they get to the first team. Is there anyone
3: you could see, Dominic, that we could we could pursue? No, I, I, as you were saying, as some was saying, it, the, the, that that sort of lock picker is is often uh, a, a big a big signing, a big money signing, uh, and so. At, 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 it would be nice for there to be a player that that, that we just that, that we hadn't heard of or that we weren't even aware was was available but that, that maybe especially nowadays it would be lovely to sign a player and, and, and not hear about it for for 6 months up until it happens so it would be lovely if we were looking at someone behind and keeping it off the radar and then and then something just popped up but uh yeah, I can't think of anyone particularly. Matt Madison I, I I would really like. I think he would be great, but as we said, I'm not I'm not quite sure where he where he fits into the uh, into the system.
2: Let's talk about specifically how we see this game going then on Saturday. Um Carl, what how do you see what, what do you see it? As, what do you see happening on uh, Saturday? Twelve thirty kickoff. Everyone a bit bleary eyed. Yeah, there's they,
1: they, just a bit of a weird vibe, isn't there, to the twelve thirty kickoff? Not just not just when Spurs play them, just just all of the twelve thirty games. So um, yeah, I can potentially see a little bit of a slow start. I think it's one of those games where an early goal would really really help us a lot to kind of open them up a little bit but at the same time you know I, I didn't panic when we went when we we're one behind at Southampton and, and that came good. So I, I think um I I can sort of see a, a two two nil kind of result. I think I think that if we can get get in at them early, but I think we've just got to be patient. We've just got to um I, I'd love to see Perisic start. I'd really like to see um that that happen. I do I do actually think that Perisic could also potentially be deployed in in that kind of position. Potentially, I think obviously he's he's um, got a he's played in a variety of different positions. So I wonder if he could also be that player occasionally. Um, but I, I would like to see him start. You know, and and uh, I, I think if we just. I mean getting him on get him on corners for, for for his dead ball kind of ability alone I think that will be quite a uh, quite a big factor in the game because I think against teams like Wolves every time you're going to give away a free kick from sort of 30 40 50 yards out you you feel like they're going to load up and they're going to um they are going to we're going to be vulnerable so um, I'd like to I'd like to do that back a little bit I, I you know, those corners at the end of the game from Perisic were just, I could just watch those all day long, to be perfectly honest with you. I've been mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, The amount of corner takers we've had over, over the last few
2: years. <laughs> He's the only bloke who could take a corner for suppose since Darren Anderton. <laughs> I mean, bloody hell, it was absolutely, yeah, you're just thinking I'm recording this and watching it on a loop. I, put, <laughs> I got. I actually got quite misty eyed watching it. I, I nearly, nearly blubbed, <laughs> and that's before we'd scored. So, Simon, how do you see it going?
0: Um yeah, I I I think he will start Richarlison. I've got a feeling. Um mm-hmm. and I think that's a really exciting thing. And I, and I and do you think, think it'll be in place of Sun? I think so, yeah. Um mm-hmm. and the point Dominic made about the five subs is, is a really good one. And I imagine it'll be another 30-degree scorcher on Saturday. So I imagine we'll we'll have five subs. We'll use most of them. But yeah, I, I see us, yeah, I see us winning, I see goals, I think Kane and Richarlison. Could be fascinating up top. So yeah, I'm I'm optimistic, and I and you know, I'd go two 0
3: Yeah, Dominic. I think one thing that will will be slightly uh, slightly strange is uh, well, Conte won't be on the touchline if he got sent off. So will he be up in the stands? Good point. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't is
2: he on in the stands or is he banned from the from the ground? I'm not sure. If he's in the stands, I wouldn't put it past him to have a have a megaphone and just be barking instructions <laughs> from the upper tier. <laughs> that's a great idea that would be that is absolutely hilarious that would be
3: amazing so the whole we could all hear it as well as the players could (laughs) hear it Conte Cam would be a bit different for for that game as he was doing that but I think I think there's a bit of uh, momentum to be to be gained from the, the, the last minute goal last weekend and and actually, Harry Kane uh, that, that had a slip of the tongue in, in one of his interviews after the Chelsea game, and actually said uh, it was great to get the last-minute winner. Yeah. W- when when actually it was an equaliser because it yeah. felt like a winner. Chelsea felt yeah. like they'd lost. We felt like we'd won. And I think the momentum from that might might carry us through. Um, and yeah, I think I think that it, at home games, it, it's it's always important to to score early and settle the crowd particularly against the side if they're gonna uh, deploy the low block and try and frustrate us and then once we've got an early goal then it then it uh, it opens it up and, and makes it a much a nicer game for the fans to watch and also a, a more enjoyable game for the players to play because they can they can do their thing it's an but, interesting thing about
2: what you see score
3: did you have a score line though um well, uh i think i always back 2 one and then i'm sometimes i'm a little bit disappointed when we score more than that yeah <laughs> but, uh, I think that
2: um, – it, it, uh, maybe 3-1, I think. Right. I mean, it's an interesting point, that, about Conte, because if he's actually not in the ground, that oh. could have, uh, have an effect, because he's not one of those – as we've said, he's not one of those managers who's exactly passive. And you look around the people around him, there's no obvious, you know – leader to step in that we know of I mean then we, we're not obviously on the inside we don't really know how that hierarchy works there may be someone who can step in quite easily but it um it might be Daniel Levy's son-in-law is that who it is or is his brother-in-law the one who works after the players well, he no, might yeah. say don't worry lads this is yeah, my really. moment
1: well not not forgetting that Ryan Mason was not far off behind Conte when it all kicked off on, oh, uh, right. on Sunday's game so yeah. whether whether we'll see Ryan Mason back uh, yeah kind of, yeah kind of front
2: patrolling up. the touchline but i mean it is a slight worry in a way because his presence seems to have an effect on the whole all of the proceedings do you remember when uh jose Mourinho? i think it was jose Mourinho. yeah he got banned and he was definitely banned from the ground because he got wheeled in in a, one of those laundry carts ah, yes, <laughs> he yes. got into smuggled do you remember into Stanford that? Bridge. <laughs> yeah it was one of those big fabric carts and he was crouched in the bottom they put a load of dirty washing over him <laughs> and uh wheeled him in so yeah. that suggests a that you do that he may well be banned from the ground uh and b that, that there are there are ways around it, although I imagine since then they've been checking the laundry carts maybe <laughs> they, they, they might have to think of another way of doing it, but does that worry you, Simon, if he's not there
0: yeah I mean look he's he's passionate and he's certainly um he's part of the game, isn't he you know and yeah that, that, yeah, that, yeah, well, we saw that yesterday <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, big time yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, obviously, I guess they set up this week and they make a plan, but yeah, it, it's a sort of thing actually thinking about it that for a 12.30, it would be mm. very noticeable if he's not there. So, yeah, um, I, I, I do hope they're putting plans in place because he also gives a lot of instructions as well, doesn't he? Absolutely,
2: constantly. Mm. I mean, he's constantly at it. So he'd have to be doing that remotely, presumably. Players but it's to not. Or your break, to be perfectly honest. might <laughs> be relief. He's not there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. They'll take us, make us have a sigh of relief. Yeah. I've just, I've just googled. Oh yeah,
1: They've been charged by the FA, which probably means they get a touchline ban. It seems that when they get a red card, they don't necessarily automatically get a touchline ban, but they have to be charged with it. From what I've just read on a on another tab, so it looks like we'll be without him.
2: Hmm. Right, so. but does, does that mean the whole ground, or does it mean think, just the touchline? I think it's just the touchline, unless okay. they, yeah,
1: yeah. So unless they, well, it's saying that Tuchel could yet face further charges, obviously because he's post-match
2: comments, but um, yeah, that's a different issue, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was, that was really, I thought that was pathetic what he said about the referee. That sort of thing is just. But well, Reese yeah. James said the same. They, they really just,
0: just, yeah. yeah
2: that's bad losers. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Gentlemen, I'd like to thank you all very much again. Simon Dent, Dominic Powell, Carl Jones, I really appreciate you coming back for this special preview show and for your all of your wisdom. Uh, the Spurs show will be back next week, of course, but until then, enjoy the game at the weekend. Theo Delaney signing off in North London saying, Go, you Spurs! If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at
3: playbackmedia.co.uk. Ford Social Podcast Network.